Pittsburgh Steelers fans, how is it going, you guys? It is the first ever truly live, live mic. I know uh, some of you may, uh, on our podcasting platforms, have heard uh, my solo show before, but uh, with the new shakeup and everything going on, um, it, it is truly live, and it is truly just me, your host for the evening. My name's Michael Beck, Deputy Editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, and I couldn't be more excited to uh, be chatting with you all, and uh, I will be doing this uh, each and every Friday moving forward, so get used to seeing this face, and uh, I'm excited to uh, have you guys come along for the ride with me. Um, First thing, uh, kicking off there, if there's any uh, hockey fans, I'm really sorry that the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins got eliminated. Um, that uh, That's a pretty tough one, pretty tough loss. Um, you know, our, uh, our cross-town uh, hockey team uh, going out is, uh, is pretty tough. Of course, me being uh, that uh, Northwestern Canadian, uh, my team's still going in. I, I, won't, I won't brag too much. Um, we haven't done a whole lot the last couple of years. You guys uh, have won a couple cups in my lifetime, so... So we'll, we'll keep the the chirping down to a minimum unless something were to change in a couple months. But uh, I'll I'll just keep that uh, I'll keep that to the side. Um, with the new shuffle, there's been a whole lot of uh, different exciting things going on. Um, and uh, one of the things that I've been doing, I've uh, taken over the social media um, for the website. Of course, our Twitter and Facebook pages and our brand new Instagram page. So if you haven't already, make sure you're following everyone. Um, especially on that 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 brand new Instagram page, I'm trying to get you some uh, new and fresh content on there. It's at, at BT Steel Curtain, the same as on Twitter. Of course, on Facebook, you can find us at Behind the Steel Curtain. Um, and on there, if you noticed the last couple of days, I've uh, made a couple posts, um, namely about uh, some free agents of old and coming in and going out and ranking them in order of who, who you thought was uh, best for the team and who you thought uh, was the toughest pill to swallow, as you might have seen today um of course uh, our new two-part platform if you're watching on youtube it won't matter because we'll just roll right into part two but if you're listening to the podcast side um we're gonna start with the uh the guys coming in tonight and then part number two will be uh those guys that were that uh, were pittsburgh steelers and signed elsewhere kind of uh how their careers ended up once they uh once they went to the new team and kind of that kind of reminiscing to those uh, knee-jerk reactions uh, of those uh of those days when they did sign with their new team. But without further ado, um, I think we should probably touch on the names that uh, are freshly coming in. Um, of course, you already know them, but um, I think the biggest one right off the top is one Mr. Eric Ebron. Um, it's really exciting because uh, it's funny also in the same sense because I think Steelers fans have felt this excitement and a little bit of worry now because uh, a few years ago with that big free agent ad in Ladarius Green, um, if you don't remember him, uh, he only played a handful of games because of concussion in, uh, issues make that. But um, when he was on the field, especially that Giants game, if you can recall, he was a beast. And that offense, that offense was flying high. Um, so obviously, if Eric Ebron, uh, who didn't have the same injury history as um, Darius Green did coming in, of course, he is coming off that an ankle surgery, but ankle's a little bit uh, different than that brain stuff. So it's a little bit different situation, a little less risk, but uh, it's still a little worrisome nonetheless. If Eric Ebron is 2018 Eric Ebron, these Pittsburgh Steelers are going to be flying high. It's, and it's really exciting times, especially at that spot. Um, other than Heath Miller, you know, this franchise kind of struggles. I would say one, one of the 
positions they struggle a little bit more of kind of identifying talent to bring in I think I think Ebron could be that guy that kind of turns the ship like how it went down on the cornerback side a couple years ago we'll get to that in just a bit once we break down the the other two guys that uh, other two big names that they brought in of course Derek Watt which is interesting it might be the sneaky best ad of the offseason because we saw what this offense could do or rather couldn't do when Roosevelt Knicks wasn't in the lineup last year I think uh I think that was one of the biggest factors in a run game and why it struggled so much. Um, of course, not having Big Ben in and the box being stacked so much. But the Steelers are a lot more successful when they have uh, that big-time lead blocker in the backfield in front of a James Conner or Benny Snell, whoever may be back there. I think this Derek Watt ad is huge. And as I've talked about a lot in the past, I uh, personally would get Derek involved a lot more in the passing game, kind of like how the 49ers use Kyle Juszczyk, um in, in those kind of sneaky routes, those leaking out of the backfield. He's t- those fullbacks are typically guys that don't uh, don't get too much recognition out there. So that's another big time exciting ad. Um, the third one I'd quickly want to touch on here, uh, Stefan Wisniewski, of course, that guard. Right now, I- I'm excited for it. He's someone that kind of projects to be kind of exactly what BJ Finney was, just a couple years older. He's got uh, he's got some some years on him, but he's got that Super Bowl prowess, of course, uh, winning two rings already, um, one with the Kansas City Chiefs a year ago and a couple years back with the Philadelphia Eagles. So those guys, I wonder if they'll be thought as highly on as uh, the next four names I'm going to bring up here. Just because with free agency, you don't really know what you're going to get until it kind of happens, I guess, anyway that you're acquiring a player. But um, what makes this really exciting is the Steelers have been quite successful with it as of late. Uh, of course, a year ago, Steven Nelson, what an ad that was. Um, of course, he's only played one season in Pittsburgh, but he's proven to be one of those shut down guys. Um, he is someone that um, really the Steelers struggled to find for a number of years when they're going through the Artie Burns's, going through the Ross Cockrells, the Valentino slash Antoine Blakes. This team struggled to find corners after uh, Ike Taylor and Deshae Townsend. And even that do while they were good, was not light- lighting the world on fire. It wasn't the scariest part of that Steelers uh, mid-2000s defenses, although they were extremely talented. So um, in that sense, bringing in Mike uh, Mike Hilton, sorry, excuse me, um, Stephen Nelson, uh, those names come to me. <laughs> I'm sorry. but uh, And the other name. Joe Hayden. Uh, it's another huge ad. Of course, Joe Hayden in three years in Pittsburgh already racked up eight, eight interceptions. That's including a, a first year when he rocked the number 21. That's why I got the uh, the Hayden 21 on tonight. Um, he, he did uh, miss a couple games due to injury. Not too many, though, as uh, one of the reasons why the Cleveland Browns cut him and uh, was honestly one of the biggest mistakes that uh, they've made of late. And they do make a lot of big mistakes. But uh, Joe Hayden coming to Pittsburgh, I remember when he was released um, I was super excited uh, with the rumors that Pittsburgh was a possibility. And uh, I remember getting it off onto a flight, uh, having to turn my phone off. And then when I land, there's this cool little notification saying Joe Hayden was a Pittsburgh Steeler. And that really kicked off a vacation on a really, really good foot. Um, I was excited then. I'm still excited now. He's one of the leaders of this defense. One of the best corners the Steelers have had, of course, since Ike Taylor and dating back to one of the free agent losses we'll touch on later in Rod Woodson. Of course, he's got some years on the tooth, but uh, he made a Pro Bowl last year and he's he's proved that uh, he keeps on ticking. This Steelers cornerback duo is one of the best. Like It could go down as one of the best in franchise history between Nelson and Hayden. They are absolute lockdown guys. 
The secondary might even be the strength of this team. I'm not even talking about Minka Fitzpatrick, who, of course, was traded for, so we won't talk too much about him tonight. But uh, both uh, Hayden and Nelson have been outstanding for this club. They put they put the claps on guys. And honestly, before when the secondary, secondary was a liability, I'd get a little nervous when the defense was coming out on the field. But uh, nowadays, it's like, oh, who's getting that pick? Who, who's getting the turnover? It's a, it's a little more exciting. Um it, it's pretty. It's pretty fun to be honest. When the defense is getting on the field, especially when you're uh, when you're not a super hardcore football fan, and you really only want to see those those touchdowns and big scoring plays, that defense can bring it again. So that that is huge. That is a game changer for each and every one of us watching the games and uh, for the team itself. Um, of course, Joe Hayden uh, again uh, in those three seasons also racked up 148 tackles and picked up a sack in year one. Um, of course, he, he's been Mr. All-Around. He comes down in the run game. Uh, he's not afraid to stick his nose in the stuff. He he racked in five picks last year alone, which was outstanding. And I, I'm curious what what you guys think he could uh, he could put up in the pick department in 2020. His career high is six in a season. That was uh, dating back to his time in Cleveland. Do you think he could match that? Or, or do you think he could even beat it? This defense is really good. So, uh those opportunities might they might arise they might force uh, some some bad throws so it's possible but uh, I'd love to know uh, you guys in the live chat what you're thinking on that what uh, what a realistic uh, pick number is for Mr. Joe Hayden if five is already his uh, Steelers high or if you think he might strive a little bit higher than that but moving on to the next name here um, Kevin Green who's uh, who is one of the best ads I'd say ever and one of the early days of NFL free agency really. He didn't play a very long time in Pittsburgh, but uh, in his three years, he averaged well over 10 sacks a season, uh, putting up a total of 35 and a half sacks in three years, which oddly enough, um, when you rank, when you put all this, all four teams, I believe he played for together, that's his second lowest sack total for a team. So for me, it's always been hard to lump Kevin Green in as one of those all-time Steelers pass rushers, even though it was, um, even though he was one of those kind of guys that uh, really kind of lit it up a little bit in his short time in Pittsburgh. I think more of those Greg Lloyds or Jason Gildens, Joey Porters. I think I think of those guys a little bit before Kevin Green just because his time was so short and he was never on a championship team, which I think uh, when we ran these kind of posts on, on social media, um, the fans really uh, thought of quite highly. Um, checking in the live chat here, we got a couple guys. Uh, of course, uh, we got X Eddie B um, saying seven picks. Uh, as well as Wes also saying seven picks this year for Joe Hayden. I'd love to see it. Um, that, that, of course, would be setting those uh, career highs. Um, but you know what? It, it, those balls are going to be around. They're going to be they're going to be chucked around. And uh, honestly, the pressure that's going to be brought on by this front seven, another year of Devin Bush, who knows if he can wreak more havoc in the backfield. That would be outstanding because we already know what TJ Watt, Cam Hayward, a healthy Stefan Tuitt, Bud Dupree developed into. We know what they can do. So these corners are going to get opportunities for picks. But moving back to Kevin Green, the uh, that blonde, blonde, blonde flow. Um, I wonder if his, uh, if you guys think his uh, credibility as a Steeler kind of drops a little bit when you think of him as that outside linebackers coach for Green Bay during that Super Bowl um, that we uh, happened to lose to the Packers a number of years ago. I believe a Super Bowl. I want to say forty. Ooh, I don't even remember the number. Was it forty-seven? Oh gosh, you guys might have to correct me on that. I, no, no, what? I think it was forty-five. I don't know. I think it was 45, but anyway, um, Kevin green, he, uh, 
35 and a half sacks, what can you say? That's th- Those are pretty outstanding numbers, especially when you consider T.J. Watt has put up 34 and a half, but that's also in- including uh, rookie years. But um, those numbers are, are pretty crazy, I guess, for both guys. Of course, Kevin Green being a Hall of Famer. Uh, T.J. Watt uh, only entering year four, so sky's the limit for him. He could be Defensive Player of the Year. But continuing on with the, with the free agent uh, edition talk, James Ferrier. That uh, honestly, I think that's one of the names I saw at the very top of most people's list as the greatest free agent ad in Steelers history. Of course, he played 15 years, those first five with the New York Jets until he smartened up, came over to Pittsburgh. And uh, the rest is really history for uh, Mr. Farrier. He uh, he absolutely lit up in those 10 years, his uh, two thirds of his career in Pittsburgh. Um, he totaled a uh, thousand tackles in his career, but put up 740 as a member of the black and gold. Um, he also put up 30 sacks for an inside linebacker. That's uh, that's pretty good numbers. He also anchored two Super Bowl winning defenses, which honestly is something that uh, kind of trumps all stats. Um, he is one of those players that was that anchor that defense honestly he was probably the leader of the defense when you play middle linebacker when you play quarterback you're kind of the de facto leader the play caller the the assignment maker the, the mover of the defense mover of the offense guy so James Ferrer he played a very very big role in those mid 2000s early 2010s uh defenses Ferrier uh he honestly is kind of the gold standard um when it comes to uh, modern day Steelers linebackers he is uh he is quite outstanding. I I, I think uh, he, he his name's always flirting with the uh, the Lamberts and the Hams of the world. He as far as inside linebackers go, what he did it, with those teams with the talent around him, I think he was uh, absolutely outstanding. Um, you know what, James Ferrer is one of uh, one of those guys that I think of quite fondly. It's funny dating back to when he signed with the team. I of course, I'm, I'm still a young buck myself, just 24 years old. I didn't really remember it. Didn't really remember him signing with the team too much. I don't really remember the buzz. So so for you guys who may have been around for that, I, I wonder what that was like for you. Um, he, he was a, still a beast with the Jets. It, it was a great ad, and it's super uncharacteristic of the Steelers. Um, it, it's become a little bit more um, more fair game free agency that is um, bringing guys in. They do it a whole lot more these days. But um, back then, it was like maybe one player a year. And James Ferrier, what what a guy he turned out to be. Talking a little bit more about uh, those free agent ads as of recent, you think of all the guys on the de- – mostly defense alone. But uh, when you think about the talent they've acquired, they've acquired a lot of guys that um, aren't traditionally through the draft or through being an undrafted free agent, which is something the Steelers haven't done until like really since 2017, some sort of philosophy changed um, when they brought in Joe Hayden after uh, training camp, when he was released, when they instantly uh, traded for Vance McDonald a couple, uh, couple, I want to say a couple hours after that, um, they're kind of loaded up then. And it's something they kind of have continued to do since, um, there hasn't been too many misses. Of course, those uh, Ladarius Greens, Dante Moncrief, or Dante Concrete, as I like to call him. Sorry, Dante, if you're out there watching. But that uh, tenure, uh, tenure, that uh, what three-game stretch in Pittsburgh wasn't too good. But uh, the misses are few and far between when you really look at those free agent ads. Um, and uh, honestly, some of these names are just completely completely some of the, the best in uh, modern Steelers history. When you think of the next name, uh, when we get to Mr. Ryan Clark um, and uh, I see XADB in the chat here saying Mike Mitchell. Yeah, that was another rough run who uh, replaced uh, Mr. Clark there, but 
Ryan Clark, what can you say? He was one of the hardest hitting safeties in the league um, to quote uh, that great uh, Madden uh, video. If you know what I'm talking about, then, uh, then you uh, probably watch a little bit bit too much YouTube videos uh, like me back in the day, but uh, Ryan Clark, um, he was one of those hard nosed guys. I'd say the perfect pairing to the soft spoken Troy Polamalu. He was someone you feared in that defensive backfield. I recall so many hits, the one on Wes Welker and that, uh, 2008 uh, oh b- both both these hits actually are coming from 2008 when uh ryan clark uh, knocked out wes welker then uh, a few weeks later in the afc championship game he absolutely laid out willis mcgahee in the closing moments of that game before uh the steelers would go on to win super bowl 43 he was uh he came in just after the steelers won super bowl 40 and not to too much fanfare i, I don't think uh, too many guys too many fans make that were uh, too pumped or really cared. It was more like Ryan Clark, who's that like guy from Washington, played from played for New York before that. Now, nah, whatever. But um, Ryan Clark, the second he stepped on in Pittsburgh, he uh, he made his presence felt um, in eight seasons. Yes, eight. He played thirteen years, uh, two in New York, three in Washington. If you include include both stints. And the eight in Pittsburgh, he put up 12 interceptions as a member of the Steelers. So he still had those ball skills. Um, he was putting up a pick and a half a year, which um, when you look at uh, one of the safeties in Pittsburgh right now, I think you're taking that every day of the week. But he also racked up 667 tackles on a defense that featured the likes of James Harrison, uh, Ferrier that we talked about, Larry Foote, Lamar Woodley, Aaron Smith, Brett Key. So the names go on and on and on and on and on. Oh, and Troy Polamalu, if uh, not to forget the best one of all of them. But um, like I said a little bit earlier, the uh, the the best yin to, to Polamalu's yang, um, the soft-spoken badass in Polamalu making those finesse plays, but still a big hitter in his own right. And then Ryan Clark coming downhill, just taking guys' head off. That, that was one of those ads that really kind of uh, gets guys uh, – really excited. Uh, it changes the momentum of the game and really the NFL kind of hasn't been the same ever since that, because the whole concussion issue really took off, um, in the years following that and kind of took that part of the game away, which, you know, as a fan, the big hits are really awesome. But as someone who played the game, if you took a blindside hit and got absolutely blasted, you'd feel that you'd feel that for a few days. Um, especially if you didn't see it coming. That, uh, that's pretty rough. Thankfully, I, I uh, over the course of my uh, playing days, never knocked out. So that was good. But I could only imagine. I've seen hits like that that are pretty vicious. And after a while, you're like, yeah, you know what? Um, maybe football is better without uh, guys' heads being absolutely taken off. Add some years to these players' lives. But anyway, um, when it comes to these free agents, um, and if you were to r- rank those four names like we did over on social media, I'm curious what our live chat is thinking um, between Joe Hayden, Kevin Green, James Ferrier, and Ryan Clark. How would you rank those one to four? Actually, I'm going to break it down four to one, uh, in my opinion, opinion uh, right now for you. I think kicking things off in that four spot of those four ads, I think, is still Joe Hayden. Of course, he's played three years. Kevin Green's played three years. or Only did play three years make that. But uh, Joe Hayden... It's 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 a little too or a little not enough to uh, be put into uh, categories with the guys listed ahead of him, but um, stuff could change if he were to land on another Pro Bowl this year. If he were to repeat as a Steeler on the Pro Bowl team, um, if he were to go to the Super Bowl and uh, add a ring, I think you instantly move him up the list because honestly, 
in my opinion, rings trump all. This game is about championships. The individual accolades are great, but if you're uh, if you're one of those uh, key contributors on a team that's uh, bringing home rings, I think that speaks a lot to you, and it really speaks a lot about your overall game. So I think that is one of the most important things for Joe if, if he can be uh, featured on a championship roster. So that's kind of why I'm slotting him in at four. He's done a lot in those three years, but I still want need to see a little bit more before I could rank him above these other guys. Number three, I'm going to go with Kevin Green. Of course, another year, another guy with three seasons, but missing the ring, which uh, which is tough. Um, but what he was able to do, 35 and a half sacks in three years. That's those are outstanding numbers. That's a, a fraction under 12 sacks a season. Which oh, I, I'm taking that guy any day of the week. Um, to go on top of that, of course, uh, 184 tackles in three seasons. Kevin Green, he is one of those guys that um, that really changed the game. Um, he, as a pass rusher, um, for I know his stints in Carolina, and oh gosh, he played damn near on every team in the league. But he uh, he was someone that uh, was really kind of all around the ball. He was a game breaker. Uh, he was one of the he was one of the premier pass rushers of the league, and he's someone that uh, guys modeled their game after even nowadays, and they kind of play the same style as Kevin Green did back in the day. Um, moving up to my number two position, we're going to go with Ryan Clark. Um, I, I think uh, I'm seeing basically the same list from a few people here, but uh, why I'm putting Ryan Clark ahead is he did play those eight seasons. He did take home a ring. He uh, say what you want about uh, his reporting and, you know, he kind of does that shock stuff, you know, sometimes say those out uh, outrageous stuff just to dial up the views. But if we just take into consideration his football days, what he was able to do, honestly, I think uh, I think Ryan Clark is someone who was one of the most underrated players of the 2000s. He honestly, he racked up the tackles. He still hauled in picks and he was one of the hardest hitting safeties when hard hits were allowed in the league. Um, and Ryan Clark is someone that I'd want on my team every day of the week. Um, he was one of those guys that I remember when it was game day, just being like, Oh, what's he going to do this week? He, you know, Troy's going to do something crazy and that's, what's going to be talked about, but I'm sure Ryan Clark's going to take someone's head off and it's going to absolutely change the game because guys aren't going to want to run o- across the middle of the field with number 25 standing there in the backfield. And that leads me to number one, which I think, uh, I think everyone's going to agree with uh, James Ferrier. Honestly, best ad, free agent ad in Steelers history. James Ferrier, what can I say that I haven't already said? Um, big, big, big hitter, heavy hitter, came downhill, stepped back into coverage if he needed it from him, racked up tackles. He he didn't miss. He was one of those guys that he was steady. It didn't matter who's beside him. If it was Lawrence Timmons, Larry Foote, didn't matter. He was showing up each and every week. He was racking up tackles. He was leading that defense. He was calling the play. He was calling the shots and the, the adjustments. James Ferrier is my number one pass rusher. Pass rusher. Goodness gracious. My number one free agent ad in Steelers history. I'm telling you guys, one of these days I'm going to get it right. I'm, I'm going to go a full show without messing up my words, but we're, we're ironing out the kinks. We're, we're getting there. Um, and I think that now might be a good time to transition to part two. So um, if you are uh, listening on our podcast platform, you're going to have to download part number two. But if you're, if you're watching on YouTube, just continue, uh, sit tight while we uh, transition over and talk about um, the uh, free agents' losses. Some of, the, uh, some of those names that uh, when they walked, 
it uh, it, it it affected us. It especially affected me. So stay tuned to that if you're on uh, listening to our podcast platform, YouTube. Just hang tight here, and we are going away shortly. Um, my name is Michael Beck, deputy editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. That was part one, um, the greatest additions uh, in by via free agency for the Pittsburgh Steelers.